All right, good evening and welcome to another episode of Texans Unfiltered. Uh, this is our pre camp episode. We got a kind of, we got a, we had a busy weekend, so we kind of got to talk about a lot of different things. Just to give everybody a heads up, right now, Patrick Storm has a power outage. He has no power. Um, he will try to hop on, possibly even call in at some point if he can. Um, but, you know, he's just kind of at the mercy of ERCOT. I guess it got too hot because, I mean, the weather's not even that bad. And I, I don't even know. Like, that just, that's rough. So who I have filling in right now is Paul Hamlin. You may know him as the uh, guy that runs our social media. Um, you can always find him at FB Pod if you ever interact with anybody on the Houston FB Pod uh, Instagram or Twitter. It's usually Paul. He's a walking encyclopedia. He knows a whole bunch. We're going to make this as entertaining as we can. Um, and hopefully Pat will come around here shortly. How you doing, Paul? I'm doing pretty good. I know everyone was expecting Pat. I was too. Uh, I, yeah. I'm also seeing a lot of comments about my hair, and I see it every time I'm on. I definitely agree. But today I was moving, and I didn't know I was going to be on the podcast, so I would have I would have made it a lot nicer. But it is what it is. But yeah, I've been I good. Mean, oh, yeah. Y'all take it easy on Paul. He's uh, I mean, he's here because we we wanted to start the show because we wanted to kill time until Pat gets here, and there's so much going on. So we gotta have we gotta have something, right? Oh yeah, and I'm and Paul's Paul Paul will he will impress y'all. Like if you haven't been a part of the show with, when Paul has stepped in, you're in for a treat. He's, he's a really good guest. Yeah, I know a lot about Texans football. <laughs> a little bit of a curse, but <laughs> dude, it it's been a crazy weekend. Yeah, it definitely has. It's been picking up. It. I'm kind of glad though. It's been really slow in the off season and just finally getting out of that slow stage with training camp starting. It's been really nice just to pick up with some news. And I like the Cobb news caught me by surprise. I was not expecting us to even like discuss trading him with that contract. No, hold up. We'll get to that all in a second. But oh, you're yeah. you're a student over at University of Texas, correct? I am a yes. I am a student at UT. What about that? Going to the SEC. Oh, I, I'm thrilled for it. I, I don't know how well we'll do, especially if uh, I saw that it was going to happen later. Uh, it's not going to be something that happens, say, next year. But I'm actually thrilled for it. I would love to see uh, the games that like we're going to have. The LSU game two years ago was the loudest game I've ever been at, a DKR. And it was it was crazy. And no other football game has ever matched that energy. So I just can't I, I can't wait. I, everyone's saying we're going to get smacked around, but I felt like we handled LSU whenever they won a national championship, and we were so close to beating them. And I think we can handle almost any team, except, except for Alabama. It, but we really got to see how Stark, Stark does. Well, I mean, Alabama can't keep rolling on forever. I mean, let's be honest. Saban's got to retire at some point, right? Uh, I, don't, I don't know. I, I, I feel like they, they've been a powerhouse ever since I started watching football, so I can't really imagine college football without them being a powerhouse. I mean, yeah, that's kind of terrifying. And I'm kind of torn because I grew up a Longhorn fan. I'm, I live here in Austin. I still go to Longhorn games. But I attended the University of South Carolina. I paid them a whole bunch of money. So me personally, I'm torn. Um, I think the worst case scenario is Texas turns into essentially Georgia. Solid every year, but never wins anything because you're running into Alabama. Yeah. But I mean, just the fact that that dropped like now, like we haven't had anything to talk about at all. And I mean, that's not Texans related, but I mean, it's football related. And the fact that it's going to, that was just our warm up for the weekend. Like I thought that was going to be the big news of the weekend. And, and it's not even. 
Yeah. Also, what you're saying about if Saban retires, maybe Bill O'Brien will step into his role. <laughs> maybe yeah, there you go. Of Alabama. <laughs> but no, I'm thrilled. I'm, uh, I can't wait. A lot of people, especially I have a bunch of friends that go to A&M, and a lot of them are just saying, oh, like, we're, uh, we're going to get demolished by the def- – like, we're, you're gonna, UT's going to actually have to play defense because in the Big 12, people always say uh, that, like, we, we don't know how to play defense. And, yeah, I, I, I just can't wait. Yeah, I think it'll be interesting. And people – Given Texas a hard time, Texas will be fine. I mean, worst case is they turn into Georgia. Best case, Texas has all the resources in the world. So they get the right coach and and Texas will Texas will be back. I mean, I hate saying that sentence because it's like, is this the year that Texas is back? But yeah. there's a reason why that pops up every year because there's just so much money and so much resources and such a great fan base. And I mean, SEC football. SEC football is something absolutely else. Like going to South Carolina was one of the decisions in my life. Like we all think AM, they're crazy, they're a cult or whatnot, if you grow up being a Longhorn. But that's like the SEC in general, except they actually have uh, women on top of that. Like, <laughs> I mean, the AM is just, they, they fit in culturally with the SEC, they really do. And I think that that'll be nothing but a positive for Texas, especially to see just how crazy that can be. All right. I know y'all really didn't want to hear about Texas, but I thought that was pretty cool. I thought that was big news. Um, I'm a huge college football fan. So, you know, trying to kill a little bit of time so we don't talk every subject out before Pat shows up, hopefully, you know. (laughs) Yeah. Um, But that's what we let off into the weekend. The next thing that happened was everybody freaked out about Deshaun Watson actually showing up him. Yeah. Were you surprised? No, I kind of figured he was going to show up just hearing what like Pat's been saying for a while. And then um, I thought it was interesting whenever uh, Pat and uh, young Ari gold were like doing the podcast together. They both had like contrasting ideas because Pat's been saying like, Oh, he wants Sean wants to show up. Deshaun is going to show up. But, um, and then uh, young Ari gold or James, he was actually saying that like he agreed, but then Pat just thought it'd be too much of a media circus for it to actually happen. And I was really thinking about it and it, it, it was kind of like, it was the biggest story of the, like of the week so far Deshaun showing up. And it was even on like local news too, every once in a while that uh, Deshaun would be there at training camp. So I, I, I wasn't surprised by it, but I just knew it was going to be a media circus. Like it was. Yeah. I mean, I've been saying for months, that Deshaun doesn't have leverage like that's I don't even know where the national media came up with this he requested a trade so the Texans have to trade him no that he signed a contract they don't have to do anything if he wants to get paid he has to show up if he wants to have a season actually accrue so he can get out of Houston sooner he has to show up if he wants his contract to stay relevant he has to show up like his contract at one point he was the second highest paid quarterback for a couple of years he was probably he was going to be the player that made the most money in the NFL. I'm not entirely sure if that's still true, but I could promise you if he lets that contract age a year, not letting a season accrue, it would definitely no longer be true. He probably will fall out of the top 5. That's just the way that these contracts scale. So, okay. Deshaun and then on top of that even I know that there's been some pushback that maybe Deshaun really isn't the person that we all thought he is, which I mean, with everything going on, that's a fair amount of pushback, but he's always seemed incredibly concerned about his legacy. There is no way that he was going to give up a year without him being hurt. 
He's yeah. already lost half a season. Like he, he was on pace to have one of the greatest rookie seasons of all time. And then he tore his ACL. Do you not that haunts him? The way that his ego has kind of come out a little bit. Do you not think that that haunts him losing half a season? Does he, he does not sit back there and goes, man, if I had not gotten hurt and I blew up all these records, they would talk about me even more. Yeah, I definitely think it's something that bothers him. But I think what bothers him more is being a part of a team that he doesn't think he can win on. And I think that was a situation last year. And that's the whole reason, one of the reasons he wants out. Just the fact that he didn't think the Texans like did enough or improved enough just based off of this year to like last year. I think that's probably one of the biggest reasons he wants out. He wants to be able to compete. And it kind of sucks because you definitely want him to stay here. You want him to grow with the team and you want him to be the guy to carry this team. Even if he doesn't think it's like the best team, carry him into a Super Bowl. And it just kind of sucks that he wants out like whenever it's, things start to get tough after he had all these stars around him. But we're finally seeing like the most complete, well, the complete team minus having like a bunch of star power. Uh, and I feel like finally we have depth, we have real competition. And I, I feel like this could be a really good year for Deshaun, maybe where he won't put up the numbers as last year, but it's just it's just kind of a mess. You know, I disagree that he's trying to get out because he doesn't think they're going to win. I absolutely disagree with that. So, because he decided he wanted out prior to them having really an opportunity to make any moves. He never but, even gave the GM, never even gave a GM a chance. So his mind was already made up before he could decide whether or not the team was going to be competitive. Yeah. I think honestly, a lot of it had to do with what moves were the Texans really going to make to really improve this offseason. Cause I, I felt like they were kind of limited. They had so many holes in this roster. There was only so much that he could do. And I feel like Nick, Nick Casario did do a, a good job of filling a bunch of those holes, but did he really do enough to where if I was a star quarterback that wanted out, I don't think I, I would see this roster and be like, Oh, he did enough for me to stay. But that's just I mean, <laughs> that, that's fair. I just, again, it's one of those where I just, I don't think that Deshaun looks at the roster necessarily and goes, I can't win. Like this is, there's a whole bunch of, a whole bunch of theories out there. And he's got to know that if he decides to leave the Texans and he says later, it's like, oh, I just never thought they could compete. He's going to end up getting like the LeBron James treatment, like LeBron, who could has tarnished his reputation by going essentially and chasing rings. Like if he had stuck out with Cleveland and ended up winning his first title with Cleveland, I think that there would be a much stronger reaction to LeBron possibly being one of the all time greats, like being up there in that conversation. But because he had to go the easy route and chase a ring, it's definitely tarnished his reputation. Look at KD. Look at Kevin Durant. Yeah. Um, it's destroyed his reputation going to Golden State to win a, win a ring. Like, he was the best player on that team, and no one cares. No one cares at all. Yeah. Yeah. How do I, I, I see that? And you can kind of see that, and I could see that, you could see that haunting Deshaun. Like, he could go to another team, and he could possibly win which would make him happy, but he won't be in the conversation for greatness if he does that, unless it's another reason that's able to come out, that is actually officially able to come out. Yeah, I think the only way he can well, be in that conversation for greatness, if he goes to a much better team, is if he does, like, say if he passes Tom Brady in rings or something crazy, then, you, then people would have to, like, even if he was on a stack team, they'd have to admire like him as in his quarterback play, especially if he's putting up crazy numbers on a stack team. People, 
I feel like people will start to forget it. Like with KD, it was a little different in basketball just because he was already going to a team that has won a championship. And then they just lost to LeBron. But I, I think in NFL, it's a little different. It's a little, I feel like in the NFL, it, it becomes a little a lot harder to win a championship and then say in the NBA. But that's just my opinion. I know it definitely is. Like the NBA is definitely more because the team, I mean, you just look at it. The team, there's five players on the team. Yeah. I mean, of course, like the talent level on from teams uh, varies so much more in the NBA than they do in the NFL. There's almost like a rule of average in the NFL. And if you're another position other than quarterback, I think you can get away with it. But as a quarterback, I think that that would end up haunting him. That would haunt his legacy. I think it would tarnish his legacy. So, uh, I but at this point, it doesn't really matter though, and it's kind of a weird conversation to have because his legacy is pretty tarnished on its own. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Unless these cases just disappear, then it's always going to be something talked about. It'll be it'll be worse than the Big Ben situation where he had one allegation. But I mean, it won't be worse. It is worse. Well, it already yeah. is. Yeah. Like, so that's one that's another thing that you have to keep in mind like deshaun i actually agree with the point that james made a while ago that deshaun's best course of action if he truly cares to be looked upon as an all-time great is actually to stay and make it right in houston i agree to, to essentially take the the kobe bryant route because no matter where deshaun goes there's going to be this strange specter over why did he leave Houston? Because the allegations and everything, they definitely are playing a part. Like that's definitely why he wants out. Like when you look at kind of like the timelines, like a lot of his friction with ownership and Easterby started before we as the general public knew about the allegations, but they at least knew about one. So this stuff is all tied together. Whether or not they're gonna admit it, I mean, we probably won't find out for 20 years until somebody writes a book about it. But all this stuff is tied together and that will absolutely haunt him. But if he stays in Houston and first off, kind of like redeems himself as not trying to run away from something, but turning and facing everything head on. Cause I just, I, in my mind, him wanting out with all these allegations and everything, he, he is a quitter. He is running. And this is a different opinion than I had when when it, this all first started, like this is where the allegations have taken have taken me. When this first all started, I'm definitely understand if you think your boss lied to you and you went out. If you think that that's a toxic work environment, I can definitely understand. But now we've learned that he contributed to the toxic work environment. And if he cuts bait and leaves Houston, he's running. He's not trying to fix the problems that he's created by his own actions. Whereas if he stays in Houston, even if he hates Cal McNair, even if he hates his guts, even if he hates Jack Easter, you can see professional athletes be professionals and win championship with ownerships that they hate. Look at Kobe Bryant, look at Michael Jordan for NBA examples. Look at Hakeem Olajuwon for another Q-based example. Like this happens where you're so mad at your team that you want out, but you stick around and you actually up your level of play. And 
I hate to say it, but in the national discourse, even with all these accusations, that's actually the first step as you go out there and you be a transcendent athlete. Yeah. Well, my, my thing is, I feel like the Texans front office doesn't even really want Deshaun around anymore. It's it's They want him as a player, but as the person, they want him gone. They don't want anything to do with him. He's been gone from their social media ever since allocation, uh, allegations came out, which which makes sense from a PR stance. But it's just crazy to think about that. Like It was this player that was constantly posted. He was the Texans' biggest player, and then uh, every single post had to do with something to do with Deshaun. And then now if you look at their most recent post, they have guys like Keon Crossan, which no disrespect to Keon Crossan. Uh, I, I'm a big I'm a big Keon Crossan fan, but he he was included in one of their videos about their new locker room and stuff like that. And just kind of crazy the switch we're seeing from like where we had this one true star to the Texans is kind of wanting nothing to do with them as the person. And so I I honestly believe if they get the opportunity, if they get the right package, Deshaun's as good as gone because I know they don't want to deal with um, all his allegations and then how who he is as a person, especially with him not wanting to be there. I just can't see Casario uh, really dealing with that. Yeah. No, I'm in total agreement. I, I've said in on the shows back in February, and then I got tired of repeating myself. Prior to the allegations, Casario was standing his ground. Casario has still stood his ground. He's not going to get take a lowball effort offer for Deshaun. However, what these accusations have done is they've opened the window for Casario to actually, actually listen. Like, without these accusations, I would say there's a hundred percent chance that Deshaun was not traded. Like it really would have put the ball into Sean's court. You either play for the Texans or you quit. I think the allegations have done exactly what you've said. There's definitely people within the Texans organization that do not want anything to do with Deshaun Watson anymore, which has actually opened the window to him being traded. However, got to give Casario credit because Casario, I mean, apparently he's still not even answering his phone. Like the rumor is the Texans will now listen to offers on Deshaun. But at the same time, the other rumor is that Casario not even, he's just letting him all go to voicemail. Like he hasn't gotten a serious offer yet. How did you feel about uh, Quincy Avery saying that he said it on, I think it may have been on Sunday, but he basically said Deshaun will be traded by like, I think it was by the end of the week or something like that. And I, well, I, I'll just, I didn't think it was like true. I think it was just his camp trying to get the trade, like the, the, the trade market really going, try to get other teams more involved to get real offers out there. But what did you think? Yeah, I think that that's, it's still, that's the only leverage they have. Maybe Deshaun and Deshaun's camp. I mean, obviously with the way the leaks have come out, like he wants out, but Deshaun has never said anything. Deshaun's own agent has said, look at all these things, people, all these fake sources, essentially. Um, I can't remember the exact quote, but essentially saying that they keep attributing sources to people that are like, what sources? Like he's calling a bunch of BS on half of it. So there's a lot of smoke that's coming out from probably people around Deshaun that probably shouldn't be running their mouths as much as they are. And they probably are making it worse. Now, Quincy Avery saying that Deshaun will be traded? Maybe. I mean, but I think that door is now open that he'll be traded. I just, I still don't see Casario blinking. Like, I mean, Casario, his career is going to be defined by how he handles Deshaun. And he is well aware of it. Oh, yeah. And it's also the NFL. He has all the power. 
Deshaun, no power whatsoever in this other than being unhappy. And I guess his power at this point is he goes out there and he pulls the James Harden, like just uninterested and out of shape. Do we think that's going to happen? I, I don't, I don't think that's going to happen. Oh, sorry. I got something on my screen. I don't think that's going to happen just because I, I just, I've already seen uh, reports about Deshaun. He's already, he apparently he's in top shape and he looks just as good as he did uh, at the end of last year. So I don't see him pulling a James Harden. But the the idea of him getting traded even like now or just at the end of this week, like uh, Quincy said, I just can't see it happening. And then plus, I just don't see a, a realistic package from any team. The only team I can maybe see a package from is the Dolphins, except, especially with uh, Xavier, Xavier Howard wanting out. It just kind of like works a little too perfectly there because we, we could always use another corner and a corner of his caliber too. But I just I just don't know like what 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 the Dolphins could really give up in order to get to Sean. That seems fair. Cause I think no matter what the Texans are going to be viewed as the losers of this team, especially if Deshaun's allegations go away, then we're just going to like, no matter what we get back, it's never going to be enough. If Deshaun just keeps balling out like he did last year. Yeah. I mean, it makes zero sense to trade him before the season. This is when there's the least amount of teams that actually have the draft capital to do it, to do the trade. So it makes very little sense. Then you, if you trade them, if you trade them to the Dolphins, your pick that you're going to get from the Dolphins is going to be a late 20 at best. Like that team is pretty well put together. And you put Deshaun on that team, of course they should want them. They traded for him a while ago. But why would Desha- why would a team actually invest the capital it takes to get Deshaun right now when they don't really know what's going to happen with the accusations? All they know is he's going to get to play this year. And if the Dolphins really feel like they are that close to going to the Super Bowl, which they might be with Deshaun, like they're a pretty good team, then yeah, maybe it's worth it to only them, but nobody else. So why would they offer a max offer? Yeah. Uh, also, I've been seeing a lot of things about Philly possibly like being the second suitor because they have the draft capital to do so, but I just don't see Deshaun approving a trade there or wanting to be traded there. I think Philly's like their 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 roster isn't much better than ours, and just from the uh, just from looking at it on paper, and I I just Deshaun I don't think he he would see Philly as somewhere to being the Houston where if he really has this idea that he can't win here then it would be the same thing in Philly. So I really think it's like one team going for Deshaun, and it's it's Miami, but I think yeah. they're trying to like. Basically, I don't think if they are going to trade Deshaun, I don't think Houston only wants the market to be Miami because then they control almost everything. But like you said, I don't see Casario trading him for a low ball offer. No. And I mean, I've said with the accusations, if Deshaun plays this year, it's going to be for the Texans. Now, that's still the question whether or not he plays. However, the NFL's kind of cleared up their stance a little bit. It doesn't seem like the NFL themselves are going to do anything. Do you think the Texans are going to allow Deshaun to play? Because he does have a morality clause and he does have a contract or a conduct detrimental to the team clause in his contract. The Texans always put those in their contracts. They learned their lesson after the, um, the hotel incident, you know? Yeah. I don't, I don't know what the Texans are going to do. It's, it's tomorrow. If I'm right, they have to make a decision by, and um, so I'm not sure if they're going to let him actually like come to practice or if they're going to actually let him practice. I I think this team's kind of dead set on just moving away from him, but uh, I could, I, I, it's tough to say. It's really is tough to say if they are going to let him actually practice and be there and be with the team. I I just don't think the Texans want to deal with the backlash that'll come with 
allowing Deshaun to be there. But I, they may not have a choice, honestly. Um, the hotel incident, that was uh, Sam Montgomery, Sierra War Woods, and another player that I'm, I'm forgetting their name right now. They all got smoke, caught smoking weed in a hotel room. I mean, it, grand scheme of things, not the worst thing in the world. But at the time, especially, because this was like, I don't know, this was like 10 years ago? This was a long time ago. It was 2012, yeah. Same 2012? 2012, yeah. Yeah. So this was like 10 years ago. People were a little bit different about weed. I think that same incident happens this year. And people are annoyed by it, but it's not this huge story. They're not all getting cut. Um, but at the time, it was it was a big deal. And I believe all three players were cut. And I believe it was... Who was the source that said it? Um, I want to say, shoot, I can't, I, I need to attribute them to him, but somebody pointed out that the Texans actually added a morality clause and a contract, a conduct detrimental to the team clause after that. Um, so the Texans actually do have options when it handles, when it's handling Deshaun. However, what I would need clarification is, when you have a contract clause like that, does that just void the contract? Does that allow them to suspend him without pay? Or does that just allow him to be suspended, but they still have to pay him? And his contract's still going to toll because it's not coming down from the league. Yeah, I'm not sure. That would be a good question for Texans cap. <laughs> you would know. Yeah. I mean, and sometimes people in chat know. Oh, yeah. But regardless, I mean, the Texans are built – as a team, like the roster construction is built for Deshaun and it's built to get the team to the playoffs as quickly as possible with Deshaun as the quarterback. The roster does not look as confusing or as talent deficient if they have, um, if they have Deshaun as the quarterback. Yeah, I can definitely. However, if they're a rebuilding team, they look utterly rudderless. Like, what are they doing? Like, I mean, I, so I would say that the Texans, from a football standpoint, would rather have Deshaun on the field. Yeah. I can definitely agree from a football standpoint. I think any team would rather, well, almost any team would rather have Deshaun on the field than their quarterback. But it's just, it really comes down to like if the Texans want to deal with the backlash that comes with Deshaun. And uh, I think from a football standpoint, the Texans with Deshaun could definitely sneak into the playoffs as a seventh seed, but I can't see them doing much more than that. No. And at the end of the day, like if, if Deshaun, like I was saying earlier, how I, I kind of have this feeling that Deshaun is wanting to leave because it's, uh, um, because it was due to not, not thinking the Texans did enough. Is that really worth it for him just to get in and be around one exit? I mean, that's with a complete coaching staff reset with a brand new GM. The roster is strong enough with Deshaun to get to the playoffs. And as we've talked about, you get to the playoffs, anything can happen. Like if the team gels or anything like that. So, but I do agree with you. It would be, taking advantage of the extra playoff spot. Like they're not, they wouldn't be, they definitely wouldn't be the favorites. They would limp in. We, we all know that. And that's the power of having the star quarterback, but that's also something that that star quarterback 
needs to kind of realize that you're never really rebuilding if you have the right quarterback. If you have the wrong quarterback, rebuilding can take forever. That's ultimately what it comes down to. The right quarterback, rebuilds are done quickly. Wrong quarterback, you're like Miami that have had to take forever to do it. You have to put all the right people in the right places. You're like Houston back in 20, I mean, in 2012, our peak years where we never had the right quarterback, you're just waiting. But when you have the right quarterback, it's always accelerated. That's why Green Bay did some things that were absolutely questionable with their roster. Granted, they only have two, one Super Bowl with Aaron Rodgers and one Super Bowl with Brett Favre. But because they always had the right quarterback, they were always competing. That That's the difference to them. Now, without Deshaun, without that huge crutch, then, yeah, the team's an absolute dumpster fire. Like, you can't expect Tyrod Taylor Tyrod to come in there and just absolutely lift the talent around him. Oh, yeah. I, but I was going to say, I also think like people are a little too harsh on the Texans. I've been seeing a lot of record predictions saying we're going to win one or two games. And then especially with the 17-game schedule, I think it's so hard to lose like that many games unless your roster is that bad. And I know I'm a big uh, – I, I know I say the Texans roster hasn't improved much, but I definitely think that we're not going to just win two games. I have us around like four or five wins, which is, like may not seem as much as an improvement from two, but it's definitely something. Well, who do you have four or five wins as the quarterback? Probably Tyrod. I, I'm actually a big Tyrod fan. I wanted Tyrod as – I thought he would be the perfect backup to Deshaun. Mm-hmm. And just not from a throwing standpoint, but just being out with a little bit of mobility he has. And I I think I got a little bit of karma for me because I've wanted Tyrod every offseason since we've had – like he was a free agent. And um, and then it just kind of worked out that he he's, might be our starting quarterback. Yeah, I mean, Tyrod is the perfect backup for Deshaun. Like his contract is – is a backups quarter contract. Like he gets paid if he turns into the starter, which I mean, fair enough. That's how you get a quality backup. Like, Hey, if you become the starter, you're going to get paid. And then he's been there and he's been the guy at practices and so forth. And if Deshaun got hurt and you needed somebody to come in with minimum change to the offense, like you can do a lot of the things, a lot of the motion. Um, Todd, he actually has physical, he, like physically he could do a lot of things as Deshaun. He's just, he's just so conservative. Like he just, he's not going to push the ball down the field. He can, he just won't. Yeah. And I, so I think that he is the absolute perfect backup and regardless of if if this crazy off season doesn't happen and we signed Tyrod to the exact same contract just to be Deshaun's backup, we are all over them all over. We are over the moon excited. That's a great signing. So, I mean, but I do think that you're right. Like, if he's playing the entire season, I don't think we are a two-win team, but I I would almost rather be a two-win team than a four- or five-win team. Yeah. Because if he's playing the season, that means we're going to be looking to draft a quarterback. Oh, yeah. Well. I, I, uh, I definitely don't see Mills stepping in. If he does, it'll be it'll be way later in the season. I just think he's too raw of a prospect. He needs a lot more work. But yeah, I feel like with Tyrod, a lot of people, a lot of people are a little too harsh on him. He's gotten really unlucky in his career. But I don't know if you uh, got a chance to watch like Hard Knocks with him when it was the Chargers and Rams. He he's the leader. He, a lot of a lot of his teammates really like stand behind Tyrod and they, they respect him as a like uh, they respect him as a man and as a football player. He's he's just he's 
just a true leader on and off the field. But I think he'll bring the same thing to the Texans. He'll he'll be a leader here too. Yeah, and that's regardless if he's starting or if he's the backup. Yeah. I actually think that the worst thing is the worst thing that could possibly happen to us is Deshaun actually plays this year for the Texans because it improves our draft stock. I don't but then you gotta remember if he gets traded somewhere, I'm sure it'll be for a team that needs a quarterback. Like with Miami, how how well do we think Miami's really gonna do this this year with like with just Tua at the helm? Because they were getting bailed out by Fitzpatrick a lot last year. And a lot of people say that Miami with Tua uh, at quarterback kind of reached their peak last year. I've been seeing I've been seeing a lot more of that. And people are saying that, especially if they trade away Xavier Howard, um, how how much has their roster improved from this from this season to, to last? So I I think in a scenario if Deshaun does play and we end up trading him, it could be better. Well, it could work out for us. Basically, we're going to be sending him to a team with that's going to have a decent draft pick. So it might be we end up with two draft picks in like the teens area, but it's not a not a bad scenario. If we trade him after the season and then end up trading him to Miami, is what yeah, you're saying? Yeah, we could get three first round picks from him if you trade him on draft night. Um, let's see, Isaiah Daltrey, he wants us to say something about Jeff Driscoll. Jeff Driscoll, I mean, he's got potential to be a solid backup, but I don't really expect him to be a starter in the NFL. Um, just not accurate enough. But I've, I've been wrong about quarterbacks before, but sometimes I'm right. Yeah, <laughs> hasn't Driscoll. Hasn't he I mean, uh, he's uh what team was he on last year? He's already been released by a team. Um but we'll see. I mean, you never you never know. Sometimes there's these quarterbacks that get bounced around and just haven't been in the right situation and, and they do catch on and they do improve. Yeah. And I just is is my heart set on that being Jeff Driscoll? No. Um if he surprises, that's awesome. I'd be happy. That's actually that's actually how I feel about Davis Mills. I know he was our first pick taken this year, but he was still a third round pick. Like, let's not put first round expectations on a guy that was a third round pick. Now there's, I think he was drafted to actually be the future backup to whomever we draft next year, or if they convince Deshaun to stay. Um, or somehow Deshaun ends up staying, whether he's convinced or he just kind of realizes that's the best thing for him. But we could be wrong. Like sometimes it's a, a roulette it's a roulette chip and you know, you hit on the right guy. Davis Mills shows he does. If he took certain steps forward, if he progressed with um, how aggressive he is pushing the ball down the field, cleaned up his mechanics a little bit. He has all the physical skills. There's a reason why he was the top rated pro, uh, pro um, college recruit. There's a reason for that. Like he has the physical talent to do it. A lot of it's learning to process the game quicker to get better with his mechanics. And again, to be a little bit more aggressive, if he made those strides in college where it's easier to do, yeah, it was very realistic to think that he could be a first-round quarterback if he had stayed in another year. But the problem is he has to take the steps in the NFL. So, yeah. We'll, there was we'll already see. rumors about Davis Mills possibly like being a first-rounder last year. I, it was always it was towards the end of the draft whenever people start to throw in about like six or seven quarterbacks in their mock draft. But I was seeing a lot of rumors of him going to the Saints at the end of the first. And it was just kind of like surprising this guy, Davis Mills, that needed a lot to work on, possibly going as a first first rounder. It showed you teams are actually pretty high on him. He just they just knew he needed some work. Mills is the next Fitzpatrick. I would I would love to see that. You know, I mean, part of what makes Fitzpatrick 
good though is the i don't give a fuck mentality yeah <laughs> if mills actually develops that mills will be better than fitzpatrick i would actually argue that mills is afraid to throw the ball downfield sometimes looking at the tape um and that's usually just because he's not processing the game quick enough now if he if he's able to improve that he may end up being a great he may or not a, a not a great nfl quarterback but a great find like a great draft pick if he's if he's not that, then he's still a thumb pick, and he's still going to be a solid. I think he'll be end up being a solid backup. Um, honestly, Deshaun practicing tomorrow, I think that'll be very interesting. I I I don't know the answer. If he if he practices and he takes full snaps, then he's on the Texans. They're not trading him. If he doesn't practice and they split, or if he does practice and they split the trap, the snaps, I think that would be interesting. However, I've seen some chatter on um, chatter on Twitter that even if the Texans are planning to keep Deshaun, that they still should make him split snaps for all the drama. So what do you what do you think, Paul? What do you think is going to happen there? So I was actually going to ask you because James was saying uh, it might have been last week or the week before, but he was saying Deshaun needs to earn back his snaps. And then in my head, I was like, oh, yeah, that's a good idea after what he's put the Texans through all, all offseason. But Deshaun's level of play is so much higher than Tyrod's and what Davis Mills is at in his career. I think he would earn like his starting job back right away. And it would be kind of obvious, especially whenever you start getting whenever uh, you need the quarterbacks to throw some deep balls. It'd be, it would just be it would be like nine day difference between Deshaun and Tyrod. And so I, whenever it comes to practicing tomorrow, I, if I had to put money on it, I would say he is going to be there and he is going to practice. I just feel like the Texans can't do enough to like kind of prohibit him, especially with all the legal situation going around. And I think their PR department will be able to shield it and basically say like, Oh, like it's uh, we're waiting to see what develops with these court cases. But I, I do think he does practice tomorrow and then splitting reps, I, I I do see it happening, but I don't I don't think of it the same way you do. Where if he's splitting reps, he's going to get traded. I see it as like the splitting reps, just just to kind of ease him back into things, and then kind of like uh, just yeah, basically just easing him back into things and kind of making him almost earn getting like earn those reps. Well, I mean, typically if a quarterback skips OTAs, um, they don't. They're, it's not typical to punish a number one quarterback like that. Um, so I think that would be a little bit out of the ordinary um, if they're like, you've got to come in here and you've got to earn it again. Because, but like you've said, it would take like three snaps to see Deshaun earn it again. Like it's not, not going to take long. So I think that, I think that it'll be interesting. I think that we'll pay attention. We really got to pay attention, but you knew the Texan. I honestly, this is a theory that I like, and I am actually, it's not an original thought by me. But the reason that only season ticket holders were able to go to training camp this year is because they knew Deshaun was going to show up and they were trying to limit the circus. Do you agree or disagree with that? I I also think it's uh, kind of um, kind of like a, like a reward to ticket, t- ticket season. Uh, sorry, season ticket owners. Basically, because I've heard they've had trouble selling season tickets now and then people just keep moving up and up the wait list. So I thought it was an incentive, basically, just to get more and more people to buy like season tickets. But I could I could be wrong. I, I could definitely see where that scenario like works out, where it's just to kind of calm down the media circus, calm down like people tweeting about Deshaun being there. 
but I, I just I don't see how that could do enough. Like only limiting limiting uh, training camp tour season ticket holders could be there. I just feel like news is going to get out one way or another. Yeah, and it's not so much that they're there to uh, to keep news in or out. It's more about the environment. If you've got the guys that that um, in theory, if they're still season ticket holders at this point, they're going to be the individuals that are most loyal to the team. Like they're season ticket holders, they're going out of their way to go to training camp. These are the ones that, in theory, are the most loyal to the team. They may actually be the most angry because their season tickets got devalued. Yeah. Um, but I would say that, especially as tone deaf as the Texans sometimes are, that it's more about creating the environment. And again, it's not an original thought. It's something that I've seen floating around out there in the Twitter sphere, Twitter universe. But it's something that I just, I, I really agreed with. Yeah. And um, there's going to be people like, uh, uh, sorry, I can't say, sometimes I can't say, um, but Kojo there that even though they're a season ticket holder, they're, they're not going to bother with it. Yeah, there's definitely going to be people that just don't. Though some people don't even really care about like training camp. So I know some season ticket holders that they just they just go to the games for the fun of being at a football game, and they don't really care about what's going on with the team. So I think a lot of the people that are going to training camp are diehards, and I think that's another reason why so many people were kind of mad that they made it limited to only season ticket holders. A lot of people like going to training camp just to see how this team's doing in practice, and just uh, it, and they get to see like what really goes on besides just going to a football game. And I, I was kind of mad about it too. I've, I've never been to a, a training camp and I've wanted to go to one and I possibly thought about going to one this, this year. And then seeing that just got rid of any idea of that. Yeah. I mean, it's fun. Like even when the Texans are, are horrible, um, it's fun to go to, like, it's pretty cool. Like you get more of a, you learn more at training camp, I would say than just about any other time during the year about how the coaches actually feel about the players. Like the last training camp we went to, um, we watched Bill O'Brien just absolutely chew Dante Foreman out, Foreman out. And I remember tweeting or writing in my notes or something, and maybe I didn't tweet it out. I'm like, I will not be surprised if Foreman is cut at the end of the week. He was cut by the end of the week. Yeah. <laughs> you could just tell, because he was just getting chewed out they made him rerun the same drill multiple times and he continuously got ran over. It was a blocking drill. And you won't see things like that unless you're at training camp. And if you really love football, like training camp is definitely worth going to. And I definitely am one of those people that is very upset that it's closed camps. But I don't really think it was to get more people to buy season tickets. I don't even necessarily think it was to reward season ticket holders because there is still a wait list. Like, I think I think people were waiting until the last second a lot more, but there is still a wait list. Yeah. So it's not like they're losing any money. Like if your wait list is a little bit short, as many people joined the wait list this year, like that doesn't affect anything. Like that's not an, a reason to incentivize season ticket holders. Oh, our wait list isn't long enough. Let's give them something so more people can get on a list where they can't even buy tickets. Like that doesn't make any sense to me. Yeah. Well, I could also see the Texans just liking having a, a crazy amount of people on their wait list, just showing that, showing them truly that this many people want to come to Texans games and, oh, like they can't, they couldn't get on the season ticket list, but like we have the people there if we need it. But I, I, I see where you're coming from, where you don't think it could be an incentive to the season ticket holders. 
I mean, maybe I'm wrong, but I mean, it wouldn't be the first time. It's just how I kind of feel about it. I think that it goes back to the Texans being tone deaf, that one of the cool things about training camps and training camp videos is you get to see how energetic it's a college atmosphere. Um, Because when they let all the fans in, everybody's excited. They stand up the whole time. Um, And I thought the teams liked that. I thought they liked seeing that – how passionate their fan base was and by restricting it like this to me it's just like they're gonna put the brakes on it yeah yeah and what you're saying about how like how crazy the fans are and and training camp and all that and then how intense like the practices get how you can see players get chewed out that's what i loved about the texans on hard knocks Uh, it was Mm -hmm. it was uh, i forgot what year it was but yeah that was I know I'm a little biased because I'm a Texans fan, but that was my favorite season of Hard Knocks by far. And it was just so good. It was so cool to see just the players and the coaches interact and how they were doing everything and how they went through drills and all that. And um, what was I going to say? Yeah, I actually kind of wish the Texans would go back onto it eventually. And uh, I know a lot of the players and coaches, especially the coaches, they don't like it. They don't like it. makes things harder on them. They have to, like, make sure no plays are recorded and stuff like that. But – yeah, just a thought. No, I, I I really don't care. I think that um, Hard Knocks should actually record every team. Yeah. Every they should just become a part of it. Like it should almost be, um, like the real world aspect. Because honestly, football like it really has become our soap opera. Are you not telling me that if they essentially did a Hard Knocks of every team and ran it nonstop on the NFL Network, that more people would not watch that than actually watches the news on the NFL Network? Oh, yeah, they definitely would. Like, I just, I think, I mean, they could control the narrative however they want to, but I actually think that every team, like, they shouldn't have any choice. Like, they're either going to be on Hard Knocks or they're going to be on, what's the Amazon show that I can't think of the name of it right now? Um, Is it, like, All or Nothing or something like that? All or Nothing, there we go, All or Nothing. Like, they're going to be one or the other. Yeah. Maybe if they're a playoff team the year before they get to be on all or nothing. So it's further edited and they don't have to worry until next summer about it. But if they are not a playoff team, then they're on hard knocks. Like it should be that this idea behind the coaches being so secretive and stuff like that. Like it's just, it's just ridiculous. Like they kind of, I don't want to say they take it too seriously because this is their livelihood. They get paid a lot of money they should take it serious. But at the same time, like the whole reason the NFL exists is fans. It is, it's everybody we have in chat. It's us. Like it's everybody we go to the games with. Like that's why it exists. Like if the fan, if the players go away, they'll find more players. If the coaches go away, they'll find more coaches. If the fans go away, there's nothing. And they forget that. Yeah. Yeah, I definitely agree. I don't know. Um, one other thing that we did not talk about, and we were at we're at forty seven, so we're almost out of time, is if Randall Cobb, are we gonna get saved? Like I keep refreshing Twitter. Like if people who are in chat see, I keep like I. That's the rumor that the trade is essentially done. They're just trying to renegotiate the contract. Like, is that really happening? There's no way something good happens to the Texans, right? Yeah, well, yeah, it really came down to Aaron Rodgers saving the Texans, surprisingly. 
But I, I, I was one of those people that was too mad about the cop signing. I liked him as a player. I thought he was going to mm-hmm. be a great slot receiver for us. And it was something we kind of really needed, especially because Kiki uh, QT wasn't really developing how we envisioned after his rookie year. And I thought, I, yeah, I just thought Cobb would have been like the perfect slot piece. But then I saw his contract, and then it happened right after the, the Hopkins trade. So everyone was saying he's supposed to be this replacement to Hopkins, which he wasn't. Hopkins, like Hopkins would go in the slot very oh, actually a lot in his last season, but he wasn't that slot receiver like Randall Cobb was going to be. And then Randall Cobb, like I thought he did decently this year. He got hurt. But I think if he would have stayed healthy with Deshaun all year, especially with the injuries we had at wide receiver and Wolf Oregon suspended, he could have put up like a lot better numbers than what he did this year. But yeah, back to your point about us being saved. Yeah, I think Aaron Rodgers is definitely going to bail us out with uh, saving us money on that contract. You know, I will agree with you. I think Cobb is a is a good player. And the Texans have been desperately searching, especially under Bill O'Brien, for that slot receiver that they could essentially, you know, like the Welker or the Edelman, how like what they run their offense through. And then they never target the slot receiver. Yeah. Um so that was the problem with Cobb. Like it doesn't matter how much talent you put in that position. Deshaun, I don't want to necessarily, necessarily say he didn't target his slot receivers. He only targets the receivers he trusted. Yeah. And to pay that somebody that much money and they don't have that trust. And I mean, honestly, I, I kind of want to know, like, I, I think that Cobb is a solid player, but, and I wasn't upset about Cobb being on the roster. I was upset about what we paid him to be on the roster. Yeah. I, I don't know. And part of me is like, I feel kind of awkward because trading Cobb does weaken the roster. Like what if Davis Mills comes in and he, that's all he knows how to do is throw it to the slot receiver. Or Boy, what if Tyrod lives with the slot? Like that's, that's it. That's the guy he's going to go to. Like you have to have a player like Cobb like that, regardless of you're being paid. But if it's a reflection of last year, and our offense runs like it did last year, Cobb's not going to get targets. So trade him. Regardless, it's going to lower our talent level, but it gets us out of a bad contract. I was also seeing about, like, with the trade, the Texans would still take a um, – we would still take a dead cap of, like, $2 million, uh, for this year and next year, but I don't know how a restructure would really change that. Yeah. But uh, yeah, I think what you're saying, if um, we, I mean, we saved six million dollars, which is yeah, not yeah. pennies, for sure. But um, what you're saying is, what if Tyrod or Davis Mills, if we end up trading away Deshaun, um, what if they really love the slot receiver? And I think that's what really caused the Anthony Miller trade. And then uh, we have Kiki QT here, so they can both compete and just make it kind of a young competition. With Cobb, he was getting older. And it just it, – it, it kind of seemed like his time was running out. Like, you stopped hearing the Texans really talk about him as much. I kind of even – I kind of forget him and Eric Murray are even on the roster sometimes just with <laughs> all the new players we got circulating. And I saw one of the comments asking if uh, Patrick Mahomes missed, uh, missed Eric Murray, and that would be nice, too, to get rid of that contract. Um, Ryan, you said we save $8 million. I think that his contract is $8 million, but there's a $2 million hit, so it's – it's a net savings of six. I could be wrong, yeah. but that's just what I was reading and understanding. Um, and yeah, there's very, very little reason why to keep Cobb. Like if we, even if Taylor or Mills end up loving 
throwing to the slot receiver if there are quarterbacks we're not really trying to win and Deshaun's not going to throw it to him anyways so yeah no I I will be happy if they trade Cobb I'm just saying that I feel a little awkward about it because he is a talented player an overpaid talented player the team talent wise is going to take a step back but especially on a team with this little talent but ultimately it is the better move to get away from that contract but we'll be all for it um what do you think about Anthony Miller are you excited about that or uh, yeah, I've been seeing a lot of things. I think he was Chicago's Kiki QT. There would be crazy flashes, and he'd in some games you'd be like, "All right, this is our next young wide receiver, like our next stud." And then there'd be games where we're just kind of like, "What is he doing?" But he did have Mitchell Trubisky and um, uh, yeah, Mitch Trubisky and Nick Foles throwing him the ball. So I think a lot, that had a lot to do with it with his development. And, but I, I like the idea about it. We traded away what well, it was a it was a fifth, and then we got a seventh back with him. So I, I thought that was a great trade for a, a former second-round pick that just needed a fresh start. So I was I was a big fan of it. Yeah, he's a talented guy. Um, I mean, when you judge a receiver in Chicago, yeah, definitely look at the quarterback play there. I mean, you can't – it's one of the – he never really got a chance. And for his contract and being on a rookie contract, if he comes in, regardless of our quarterback, lower risk, he's – I would actually say Kiki Kuti is a little bit more athletic than Miller, but Miller is more consistent. Mm -hmm. So low risk, one of the, between the two of them, we should have a lower cost option in the slot that is plenty talented than cop than paying that cop contract. I mean, yeah, Eric Murray and Randall Cobb's contracts, those two alone should have Kyle O'Brien to be fired, at least as the GM but it is what it is. Yeah. I was going to ask you, what do you think we're actually going to give back for Cobb? Because I've been seeing a lot of people floating around the idea of getting another receiver or I've been seeing recently tonight that people were saying, get uh, like uh, try to get a right guard to compete for that right guard spot. Cause we don't have a solidified person playing there unless you think Marcus Cannon is going to play guard, but or even Titus Howard. But yeah. What do you, what do you think we're going to get back in a trade for Cobb? It doesn't matter. They take that <laughs> contract. It's, it does not matter. Just take the contract. Yeah. See, like I, as long as we're not sending a pick with Cobb to get them to take that contract, then yeah. we win. I, I'm hoping that it was one of those situations where if Aaron Rodgers really wanted him and this is what it took to get Aaron Rodgers to come to play in Green Bay, that I'm hoping the Texans kind of made them pay something something nice. Uh, I, I'm hoping, best case scenario, fourth round draft pick. I know it's probably not going to happen, but I could definitely see it maybe being a fifth round pick. Kind of yeah, I mean, I mean, I would be over the moon. Any any sort of burn, like I like, I, I love the idea of Amos coming back over because it's bad contract for bad contract, but we could actually use. Yeah. Um, we could use a quality safety. So, <laughs> um, I mean, I don't know, and I think Lonnie Johnson could end up being a solid safety. I just, you know, bad contract for bad contract from a position that we have three players. But again, as long as we're not sending anything with Cobb, I really don't. I, I it's a win regardless. Yeah, in my opinion. Yeah, I feel like that it just kind of came out of nowhere too. I, I would never guess the reason for Aaron Rodgers going back to Green Bay would be Randall Cobb wanting to, uh, just him wanting to reunite with Randall Cobb. I think it's actually a power play with um with the GM. It's so much yeah. that it's Randall Cobb. It's like here, this is what I want. Will you do it? Yeah. 
I mean, gets him that gets him that number two receiver next to Devontae, so it definitely works out. Yeah, fair enough. Yeah. Um, well, I am guessing that Pat Power is not going to come back on because it is now ten thirty at night, and we haven't heard from him. I think he's only like tweeted like once or twice, so I don't know. Um, so I. I don't even know what to say. Uh, <laughs> well, next week, Pat and Jair, um, JRL, TX, uh, one of the best Texans Twitter follows out there. Um, absolutely great, great guy. Him and Pat are going to be starting their own show. I believe it'll be Thursday. It'll be under the Texans un Unfiltered, just same feed. You don't have to do anything else. You essentially just get an extra, extra show, which will be pretty cool. So... Should be excited about that. Um, I don't know if they're just going to record it, if they're going to do a live stream. That is probably still to be determined, but we will see. Um, James, Young Ari Gold, he'll be back with me next week. We're going to get back to how we used to be a little bit more. Um, and I'm beyond excited, like getting that old school feel back. Um, James, you know, being the emotional, entertaining, and me getting to be calm and actually read my notes and so forth. Um, so I'm actually super excited about that. If y'all have come onto the show in the past six months, I haven't seen James, but if you've been here for a long time, then you of course know who he is. Um, he is young. I am young Ari Gold on Twitter. Definitely worth the worth a follow. He'll knows everything. Very, very, very entertaining. If you haven't interacted with James, you definitely should. And you know. Paul, look at this. You're getting some love. People yeah. want you on more. Thank you, Ryan. Thank you. I, I don't know <laughs> if I can be a guest for both shows. I can come on every once in a while, but I, 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 get, I get really busy with school here. So every once in a while, I can hop on. Yeah, but I definitely appreciate you filling in tonight in a pinch. Oh, yeah, I, <laughs> I just texted Pat again. Maybe he'll respond to me. I don't know. I don't know what's going on. Um, regardless, y'all, thank you so much for sticking around. Um, I'm actually amazed that we started 30 minutes late and we had as many people still in chat. I know it's all because y'all were dying to hear what Pat had to say. Sorry, letting you down on that point, but we tried, we did, we can't control ERCOT. Actually, write, write, write your representatives, you know, just, they need to get this, they need to get it fixed. I, it, it's sad. Um, but regardless, thank y'all so much. We will see y'all next week. I'll have James back with me. Y'all will be in for a treat. Can't wait.